Welcome to the Kook Center Podcast, and here's your host... I give you the Derek Zoolander Center for Kids Who Can't Read Good. What is this? A center for ants? Michael Preston. We had been all set to talk about the Washington State Cougars in the CBI tournament. Uh, actually, that would have started, what, this week, actually? Yeah, that's when it would have started, uh, was this week. Uh, although, given how they were playing against the Colorado Buffaloes last Wednesday night, maybe we would have been set to talk about them in a better tournament uh, and how they were running, perhaps even the NCAA tournament. Although that might be a bit of an extrapolation on my part. Um, instead, we are not talking about that at all. We're not talking about sports of any kind. We're not talking about uh, any sporting event going forward for the foreseeable future. We're not talking about spring football like we wanted to talk about coming up here in the next week or so. We're not talking about any of that here on the Kook Center Hour. Uh, we aren't getting to talk about any of it. And frankly, we shouldn't get to talk about any of it right now because... Sports are kind of the last concern uh, any of us should really be having at this time, at least when it comes to live sports and attending live sporting events. It's just not something we need to be worried about uh, as the entire country, nay, the world, deals with a global pandemic, the likes of which we have not seen uh, for quite some time. I hope and pray it is the only one we ever have to deal with in our lifetimes uh, things are scary enough here in what is basically the epicenter of the United States for this in Seattle. It has not been an easy thing to deal with. If you are listening to this from somewhere outside of the Seattle area, it has been, uh, I, I guess, from my on-the-ground report, we've been full of anxiety, full of fear, a lot of us, uh, a lot of panic shopping. You don't all need to buy toilet paper. I just want to say that I have a pregnant wife. And even she, not panicking in terms of the toilet paper buying. So just knock it off with buying the toilet paper. Um, but it is an odd thing to see here. And it is frightening. And it is scary, even if you are in an age group and a health group like me that is not likely to get it nor be too affected by it. But you are married to someone who uh, is in a group that would be largely affected by uh, catching such a virus as COVID-19 or coronavirus. So for the next little while, what I wanted to do with this space was to try to make it at least a temporary little escape. I wanted to give you at least your ears and your brain something fun and something good to remember and to call back to. Because, because right now, the reality of the situation is it is, it is very scary. You know, even if we are doing things better in the United States than maybe they are elsewhere or worse or whatever it is, I don't want to get into and discuss that because, frankly, I have enough of my own anxieties just thinking about it uh, every second of every day right now. It, it is frightening and scary enough uh, to be, uh, you know, even, even just a person like me who might not be affected by it, like I said earlier, but thinking about all the people who could be so adversely affected by it, so... It is a deadly virus that, that could really hurt, harm, and kill people. And so 
I think in this time, because there will be a time that this is over and that we are through it and that we are all in Pullman again and that we are all enjoying each other's company at the Coog. Next time will be I will have a stroller with me and have our little baby girl with us. This, by the way, weird time to bring a child into the world. Like I thought about that today. What a weird time to be having a kid that's going to be born and I get to explain this all to her uh, when she's a little older. Uh, but that time is not right now. So what I wanted to do with this space for the next little while is we're going to be going over favorite memories that people had at Washington State sporting events, be they in Pullman or one you attended like an away game. So, you know, like say it was the WSU game at the Rose Bowl in 2015, if you went to that one. So I'm going to be asking around, talking to the people that I know and that, uh, you know, that I care for and all those other, that's kind of a weird way to put it, but I'm kind of improvising here, but basically the people that I know, uh, and, and, and going around and finding people to ask them about what their favorite WSU sporting event was and why it meant a lot to them and why it still means a lot to them. Uh, so, you know, like I said, in, in my very roundabout and bumbling way, and I've probably said something wrong here, uh, but blame it on the anxieties of, of where we are living right now is that I at least want to, for everybody else, give them a place for their ears and their brain to relax at least for a little bit. And you download this podcast onto whatever device you have. And if it's on your phone, then you just listen to this, set it down, leave your headphones on, or just let it play over the speaker, let it play over your Alexa, over your computer, whatever it is where you're driving around, doing whatever you need to do right now to at least give you some peace and some, and some ease and try to take at least some of the tension and anxiety away uh, because I know this is what helps me. Uh, and I will not lie, this is partially to help me, to help me get through all of this. But this is how I do that and how I process things. So that is what we are going to do. So over the next couple of weeks, however long we are stuck here, Lord, my wife and I are stuck at our house working together uh, for the next couple of weeks at least. Uh, she will be on the show eventually to talk about her favorite sporting event at WSU. We're going to be reaching out. We're going to be finding people who want to talk about that favorite event they attended involving WSU, be it in Pullman, be it elsewhere. Uh, but it is going to start with me. I am going to go over my favorite thing uh, that uh, you know I've ever been to or been involved or, or seen WSU involved with. Uh, so we'll start in this series as a continuing series during the COVID-19 outbreak, during this, just this hellish poo storm of a time we're going through right now of my favorite WSU sporting event. That's what we're going to kind of call the series, just the, you know, my favorite Wazoo event, whatever it is, you know, it can be any sporting event, football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, soccer, whatever it is. Uh, I want to find those people and I want to talk to them about it and what it meant to them and what it means uh, to them to to be able to recall in their memory and hopefully it helps you uh, in some small way. So we're going to talk about what my favorite sporting event that I've ever attended was uh, coming up after we play the fight song one time uh, here on the Center.
It's my podcast, obviously. And I think we need to hear more of the fight song, by the way. You can wash your hands to a nice uh, rendition of the fight song. Just don't spell out Washington State Cougs. You just need to sing the fight song. And I, if I get through it quick, that's a pretty good uh, 20 seconds of hand washing there, by the way. Pro tip, if you want to have a little school spirit while, we're all try- while, while we are all trying to stay healthy. Uh, so I get to go first again. Uh, but I, I think that my favorite uh, game and an event involving WSU, and it's not one a lot of people pick, even though it was, at the time, a pretty significant uh, game and event. And for me, it's the win in football over USC in 2017. And you're in year, what is that? That's year six of Mike Leach... And it was a season where you had, you know, I mean, the the schedule was completely front-loaded. I mean, I, you, you don't remember from that year, but there were five straight weeks of home games to start the season. I mean, that's, that, that's completely asinine. I mean, you, you think about that now and think about the conference doing that now and it, it, it's, it's unfathomable that you would do that to a college football team. Even with three non-conference games at the beginning of the season, you would break it up with an away game. But you had the Montana State game, and actually the game most people remember for the Tyler Holinsky heroics late in overtime, the Boise State game, the second week of the year. And then you had the game against Oregon State and then against Nevada where they just waxed both of those teams. And then you ended September with that game against SC. So that that Boise State game, although I do remember it fondly, it's it's not even my favorite from that month. And I, I think for me it's because, you know, we had tried to be committed to going to all of these games, my wife and I. We went to the Montana State opener because that was on our anniversary. I made it to the Boise State game. I gave my tickets to a family member, my sister, for the Oregon State game, and then we had a wedding the weekend of the Nevada, or no, we had a wedding the weekend of the Oregon State game, and then we just, we've been doing so much transiting back and forth. I mean, you know, I I love Pullman as much as the next person, but there's only so much back and forth you can do, and especially for a game like against Nevada. Nevada was really bad that year. You kind of knew they were going to whoop up on them, so we just decided to stay home, and I think I actually turned the game off in like the second quarter because it was already like 35 to nothing or something, so I just completely forgot about it from then on, but this game against SC, it really, after that, all that momentum all month, and I, I can remember before the season, if you can just get out of September at 4-1, and one, looking at that schedule, you felt like you had a really good chance to be bowl eligible that year, right? To, uh, again, because I, I think that's always the goal for Washington State is to be bowl eligible. And for me... That game against SC, top five team in the country, it was really that first time we saw how hyped and and that that ESPN hype machine kind of get behind somewhat seriously a Washington State football a game involving the Washington State Cougars. Because I, I think the thing I can remember was it all week, all week the buildup to this was was that that ESPN promo. To the Trojans, this road test means one thing. Fight on. 
just that that promo got me so amped all week and it was it was what i was looking forward to all all week i was so excited to do it and at the time i was still working a radio job that wasn't fulfilling it just it wasn't you know this thing that i'd imagined my career being uh when i graduated from the murrow college of communication and and so for me it was really important to be able to go to this football game to be able to go to pullman and to be with people and i but i understood too that you know the game being on a friday night made it incredibly difficult i think we've also gotten lucky frankly that a lot of those wsu football games that have to be on a friday because of the pac-12 tv uh contract have happened uh for apple cups because that's the most travelable friday uh there is on the schedule so but this job did afford me like very small uh you know kind of like morsels of goodness in that uh i worked late on thursday night so when i got off at 1 a.m in the morning on thursday night into friday i was done for the week so it was not a question of whether i could make it to this game or not my wife could not make it to this game so many other people that i knew couldn't make it to this game but my really good friend from college my roommate best man at my wedding he could make it he had fridays off from his job too and this was still at a time when none of us were making a ton of money so just the fact that we had season tickets was that was a big like monetary commitment to be able to you know do this and and i was so excited to see a friday night atmosphere in pullman the eyes of the entire country on you because it's the old i think it was like one of like two college football games that day so it's not like you know a saturday where you're in prime time and that's great but there's still a ton of other football games going on this was one of two picks that day and espn was was going full tilt boogie on this it's a top 20 matchup crucial pac 12 matchup the end of what had been a superb month in pullman like weather football everything wise it had been such a great month in pullman and the way to cap it off would be this win over an sc team that you know i mean it's always great to beat usc but they got sam darnold they've got they're just completely loaded with talent ronald jones at running back i i mean it, it's just a team that as always they are completely just like loaded with talent including deontay burnett who'd been uh committed to washington state before going uh to usc so for me it, it was that big so much into there was probably more anticipation for this game than any i can remember for a while and the drive over on friday it was gorgeous out i managed to like like because when you work until one in the morning your alarm doesn't go off before 10 15. mine went off at 10 15 because you need time to come home wind down and then go to bed so most nights i didn't go to bed until about three in the morning and so the fact that i got up like i could barely sleep i was so excited we got i got up at nine and i just belting over to pullman and my friend lived in pasco and we'd managed to snag a hotel in moscow i won't say which one it is because the story i'm about to tell is not great um it, it's not like you know hotels in moscow or pullman during the week have a you know are at capacity or don't have a lot of room so our our week star weekend started with the lady at the front desk telling a bunch of people who'd gotten there early and wanted to check in because the game was at like seven no one's checking in till three that's the check-in time no one checks in till three even though the rooms are clean and even though we could easily give you the room right now nobody checks in till three okay that's fine so i'll drink a beer in the parking lot and that's just what we did we drank beers in the parking lot she walked out and like looked at us and i kind of gave her the you know how you, like sometimes you give a look and like somebody just knows what you're saying 
Like, if you let us in the room, I would be doing this in the room. And yet, here we are in the parking lot drinking a beer. And that's where my friend and I made the compromise of, okay, we have the room for two nights, because it's two-night minimum, but if Washington State loses tonight, I, I'm, I'm not staying Saturday night. I'll wake up Saturday, and I'm driving home. Just, I, I'm not going to stay and not do anything. Because that's one of the things with the Friday night game, right? Like, you know, even though it's a two-night minimum, like, I'm not going to stay. I'm not staying if I have to do that. But if they win, we stay in Pullman, and we party all day. And... And we just have a great time watching college football, and we just stay here, and we have a great weekend, a boys weekend. So, with that all in mind, we drove over to Pullman, went and saw uh, our family friends at the tailgates, and then went into the stadium. And it, there was just something about that atmosphere in there that it, it just, to me, it felt different than any game I'd ever been to before. Now, you got to remember, I was only really a Washington State fan from about 2005 on so when I went to when I got to school in 2006, it's not like there was a lot of good football that got played, and not like a lot of opportunities for you to have like the same kind of feeling, you know, walking into a football game at Martin Stadium. So when we walked into that game, it was just kind of this, you know, the Boise State game a few weeks before was a lot of fun and obviously ended incredibly, but it it didn't start with that that kind of buildup of atmosphere like that ESPN promo kind of like implied, right? It like didn't start with that. It didn't feel like that like the USC game did because it's a, it's a top five SC team and, and, and beating them, it, it's, it puts you on the national stage right away. It just like you, you, you are on the national stage and everybody's going to be talking about you. You're five and zero going down to Austin stadium to play a bad Oregon team. You got this. And I, I vividly remember, vividly remember walking towards our seats and seeing a guy, and I, I think to this day there is no one on earth that has called a shot more accurately than this gentleman did. He had on a Sam Darnold Jets jersey. I just, I just hand to God, the guy had a Sam Darnold Jets jersey on. I, I could not hardly believe it whatsoever. I mean, I just, it, it, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Uh, the game obviously goes back and forth. In that first half, it ends at 17-17. And I, I, I don't think I've had nervous energy quite like, or I hadn't had nervous energy watching a Washington State football game like that in so long. Because, you know, I, I, obviously, we already talked about the stakes that were involved with it. And so going into that second half, it was just so anxiety-ridden because it really seemed like Washington State was the better team that night. And if you're not going to put SC away... That's it's it's so you know you you deserve to lose the game if you're not going to put them away. Uh, third quarter teams trade a couple of field goals. So again, you're going to the fourth quarter, and I I know that you know if you're an outside observer, you love this football game. It's a great game, twenty to twenty, going into the fourth quarter. Two top twenty teams, great football game. If you're a Wazoo fan, you're like, just put this away, please. Just I wish you were up by a billion friggin' points, and you could just put this away. And Late in the you know later on in the fourth quarter, what happens? You get Jamal Morrow, and it's a play. Not later on in the fourth quarter. I take it back. About ten minutes to go, that I just cannot ever forget. And I remember being in my seat and just jumping up and down and going insane when it happened. In five games, shovels it to Morrow, and Washington State takes the lead. 
And after Moro scores, he does the V for victory to the SC crowd. And he almost like slipped on like one of the cheerleaders like uh, signboards or something. And and that was that was frightening. That was really scary. And then SC gets the ball back. And down the field they go. They just drive right down the field. And they tie the game back up behind the guy. who You know, you heard so much about him going into the game. So much about Sam Darnold and how good he was. And how he was like the Messiah and whatever else. And, and Washington State had done a great job limiting him the whole game. I mean, he finished the game. He only threw for 164 yards and a pick. That was it. But when they needed him most, when they needed a drive engineered... When USC desperately, desperately needed to score, they did it, and Sam Darnold scampered into the end zone to do it for him. Darnold keeps, and Darnold scores! It's a one-point game! When the moment is at its biggest, it seems like Sam Darnold is at his best. So, you are left, or I am left, with just this sinking feeling. Okay, five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and the quarterback for Washington State has had not a great year. Luke Falk got pulled against Boise State. Luke Falk is not himself. Not the Luke Falk we knew. And I think that's the scary thing. That's the frightening thing, right? Is that he is just not who you thought he was. And he is this guy who is completely and utterly worried about throwing interceptions. He's taking too much time. He's he, he doesn't look like himself. He doesn't look like the guy we knew he could be his freshman year. He gets some help on the ensuing drive. Big, 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 big Jamal Morrow run. 35 yards. Gets down to the SC 23 and then the drive peters out, right? Stalls out, and that means Eric Powell's coming into the game. Now, Eric Powell, to this point, is having an incredible season. But that sinking feeling you get again is is that 2015 game against Stanford, right? Where he made, what was it, like five field goals, but missed, uh, I think it was like a 45 or 46-yarder to win the game. Now, I, I thought to this day that... There were so many things that didn't get officiated correctly in that game that could have gone better for Washington State, and it, it's unfair to pin that on uh, on Eric Powell. I mean, the kid did everything you could ever ask of you know of a of a of a college kicker in that game. He did literally you could everything you could ever ask, and so it's kind of a teensy bit of a shot at redemption for Eric Powell here, right? Because he can put his team in the lead with under two minutes to go, and all the defense needs to do is hold the SC offense, which has looked pretty inept all night. So Eric Powell needs to come on, and he needs to nail it, and he does. Now it's going to be up to Eric Powell from about 32 yards to try to give Washington State the lead, and Sam Darnold's going to have to go through the two-minute drill again with zero timeouts. Big kick. And Powell is three for three tonight. And so now you're left with a minute and 40-something seconds left on the clock. 
you're, I mean, I'm just completely, yeah, like I said earlier, remember, like, ball of nerves. Absolutely, completely, and utterly shooketh, and just unable to perform basic bodily function of, like, breathing, and heart beating, and whatever else. So Sam Darnold throws an incomplete pass, so it's second and ten, from the SC25. I don't remember how many timeouts they have at this point, but they got a long way to go just to kick a field goal no matter what. I mean, you, it's college, so 25 yards plus at least 20 more. So they got to go at least 45 yards to have a decent shot at a field goal. And I'll never forget sitting our stances. We're on the opposite end of the field from where this is happening. We're closer to the operations building and watching that gap open up and then watching Jihad Woods streak through that gap with his eyes just completely set on Sam Darnold. Blitz. Clean to Darnold. Who has the football? It's recovered by the Cougars. speed and how much he's able to do and create havoc watch him on the plate just comes clean the offensive line lets him loose he doesn't just get to Sam Donald but he gets the ball out and he gets the Cougars the football Ready to ice and after that moment I can remember jumping onto my friend's back realizing what had happened and then practically crying because of all that emotion I'd built up all week and everything, you know, the anxieties you'd had in that game and everything going into it and how much of a release, you know, like sometimes when you have all that emotion, it's just that release of raw emotion that gets you to that point. And that's what happened. And we jumped around for a little bit. We took some selfies. I took some video of the kids rushing the field. We never did rush the field. Uh, and then we sprinted out of the stadium towards Valhalla. You know, like down the path by the Peb and Smith gym. Like I was jumping over juniper bushes to get there. And then we got over there. Got a couple of pictures. The line got too long. So we left and we went back to I think it's like the Garden Inn or something in Moscow. I can't remember what it is. Uh, where he had some friends to meet up, and I, I was feeling so generous. And again, you know, back in the day when I didn't have a lot of money, I, I still don't get a ton of money from my work, but uh, back when I was even poorer, uh, you had, I, I, I asked, I was going to buy a round of Rainiers for the entire table. And so it was like 10 of us, and I, I told the waitress to close my tab out after she done that. So she brings back the Rainiers, and she hands me a tab for $20. And I said, this is for all 10 of them? And she said, yes. And I said, to keep the tab open. <laughs> I can't remember how many we bought that night. But what I can remember is that the next day, we had a wonderful day in Pullman. Uh, just not really caring about anything. And just watching football and just hanging out and being there. Being the only two old guys in the bar. Relatively old guys. I was about to turn 30. He was 30, my friend. Uh, so I, I just, that entire weekend and everything about it, it, that, that to me is my favorite WSU event and, and I can never, ever forget it. It, it was an incredible experience, 
uh, from beginning to end. Coach, heck of a win. What's it like there right doing? now? It's a good win. There's a lot of people. It's like what's Coach, heck of a win. What's it like there right doing? now? It's a good win. There's a lot of people. It's like Woodstock, except everybody's got their clothes on. <laughs> so that is my story, my favorite thing. We're going to keep doing this uh, for a while, try to brighten everybody's day, try to brighten everybody's spirits. It's our mission. We want to do it, and we are happy to do it. So please stay tuned here. The Kook Center podcast feed. Uh, we're going to keep doing this as long as we can, as long as I feel up to it, as long as I feel good. Uh, and we hope, hope, hope so much that you enjoyed it and at least takes you out of reality for a little bit and uh makes you feel better makes you feel good uh and takes some of those anxieties of the world today and just lets them melt away at least for a few minutes so thank you again so very much for listening to these special editions of the kook center hour we got more coming up here on the kook center podcast feed stay tuned